This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Well, yesterday we found out how Travis Peterson was catching all kinds of walleyes and all kinds of bass. Today, we're going to find out how in the Brainerd Lakes area, Tom Whitehead is catching all kinds of walleyes and all kinds of bass. Plus, it's Lake of the Weekday, and we're headed over to the Alexandria area to check out an amazing 247-acre piece of water. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand, gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in the big catch makes me feel like a man, but the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass, and if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my mercury right in the bag. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought. Me, cause I'm fishing Bumbunyan country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander. The Jason Beckin girl appears like a grown-up. And this is from Paul Bunyan's country. Well, we're visiting with Tom Whitehead today. He's down in the Brainerd Lakes area. Excellent angler from down that way. Tom, how are you? I'm doing good, Kev. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Uh, the weather has been pretty decent. The wind died down finally for a weekend, which was nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've had a great fishing season around here, pretty much everybody I'm talking to. And I've seen enough of your social to know you're doing all right on the water, too. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, like you said, if we get days without 30-mile-an-hour winds and uh, storms, yeah, I can, we can get out there on the water and catch fish. It seems like they're, they're biting. They want to eat. So, uh yeah, lately it's been pretty good. I know uh, you really fired up about some new stuff you were trying from Northland Tackle. Tell us about that. Well, you know, this time of year when the water's warmer, um, you know, bright sunny skies, walleye fishing, everybody thinks it gets kind of tough, you know, in July and August. Uh, there's always active fish up in the weeds. And with our late spring and the colder water, you know, the weeds are a little sparse on some of the lakes. So, um uh, the problem with fishing in like the cabbage, you know, the, the heavier weeds up in that eight to 14 feet of water is finding something that you can actually present to the fish in a way that, you know, it's not going to continuously get tangled up in the weeds and, you know, pull your leeches or crawlers off and everything. And, uh, Northland came up with the, what I think is the perfect jig. They came up, they took their, their fireball jig, which has been around for years, and they put a titanium weed guard on it, hmm. which is, it's fantastic. Um, I grabbed a few right away when they became available, and we uh, we went out the other day with uh, slip bobber rigs, eighth ounce fireballs, and leeches. 
got ourselves up in some some of the thickest cabbage we could find, and we just you know I spot locked the motor up in about twelve feet of water, and we had our bobber rigs rigged up at a couple different depths, and we threw one throughout one side, one throughout the other, and we we caught a lot of fish. Wow. Um, yeah, that's always the challenge, I and mean, we know there's fish in the weeds, but uh, you know, not losing your your bait and getting your stuff through there is always the tough part. Uh, and this uh, this sounds like it might be the answer. Yeah, I, I was very very impressed, uh, and which you know, I've been in this industry for a lot of years. It takes it takes a lot to impress me, and I was I was blown away by these jigs. That the titanium weed guard does not bend. Um, you know, you can catch as many fish on as you want to, and and uh, pop the hooks out, and you look, and that weed guard still right where it needs to be. Uh, they make two different versions. They make the roundhead fireball, which is what we used under the slip bobber in eighth ounce. And then they also make the stand-up head, which is more of a keel-designed, um, you know, if you're just going to be dragging a jig, working a jig, that's that's the one you probably want to use. And um, I had one of those rigged up on another, another rod, and I never really used it much. We just we had such success with the, the slip bobber rigs, and it was so much fun. Flat, calm day, bright sun, you know, walleyes are not supposed to bite. <laughs> on a day like that and we caught we caught a few walleyes we caught a few pike and we caught a, a ton of bass and uh you know we burned through quite a few leeches but boy was it a, a lot of fun boy and that is the beauty of fishing the weeds right uh you, you'll find something there's a bunch of fish in there right and they're usually in there for one reason you know they're well i should say more than one reason they're in there for the shade the oxygen but it's because there's bait fish in there and they're in there you know when the walleyes move shallow like that they're usually pretty hungry and that's what we were finding. They, we missed quite a few fish. Um, you know, especially with my wife. My son was home from college, and they weren't used to, to feeding them line, letting them run with the bobber, and they were setting the hooks a little early. So I know we had some good walleye bites that we missed. But the two that we, the, the two big ones we landed were probably the biggest walleyes I've caught all summer. Wow. Well, it, you know, we've had a couple of really hot days, but other than that, it's been a fairly cool summer thus far, even through the 4th of July weekend. So I expect we're we're not going to get into any dog day issues with walleye quite yet. No, I don't I don't think so. You know, I, I had a good friend up over the 4th and uh, him and I went out just goofing around yesterday late yesterday afternoon just did some wade fishing. You know, went out there with our wet socks and our shorts on, and we got about knee-deep in that water. And I was, I looked at him, and he said, it's pretty cold yet, isn't it? I said, oh, yeah. You know, the water's not as hot as it normally is this time of year. So uh, I think, it, you know, it's going to keep those fish a little more active than usual, uh, probably right into the fall. So what is it, uh, you know, I mean, the last five to ten years, I've really heard a lot about weed fishing, and, and my guess is they've always been there. It's just that we're finally getting equipment. We can handle it more and more. Well, yeah, that, and, you know, I, I heard this years ago when I used to guide for Marv Kep. They claimed that there was two types of walleyes in our lakes. The naturally spawned walleyes, which when they, you know, they're usually spawned in the gravel and rock flats, and when they hatch out, they travel to the deep water. Okay. The stocked walleyes, you know, the DNR truck will back up to a boat ramp, and they pump the fish into the water, and they first thing they're going to do is head to the, the nearest cover, which is going to be the weed line. Once they get into the weed line, they've got there again. They've got the oxygen. They've got the shade. They've got something to eat. They've got protection from predators. And I truly believe that you know those walleyes, most of them will stay in the weed line their entire life. Um, you know, they may move out, you know, cold front and suspend a little bit, but they they come back and forth. And and uh, it seems like those fish are a little more active than the walleyes that are out in the deep water. But uh, you know, I've always even even back in the day, I used to. Keep most of my walleye fishing at around that seventeen to twenty feet, 
um, with the theory that those fish are active, they're mm-hmm. up there to feed. The fish out in that 30-foot, 40-foot of water were out there because they were just laying around um, lazy and maybe turned off by a cold front or something and a little harder to catch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're seeing more and more weed fish, and, and certain lakes have more than others. But uh, the tough thing this year is just finding, like I said, finding the thickest cabbage you can find and, uh, you know, getting your boat up in there and anchoring or, or spot locking and, and uh, the best presentation is going to be a slip bobber. But, you know, you can always work the outside weed lines and just jig or, you know, or back troll. But, uh, you know, the flats seems to be where more of the active fish are right now. Well, certainly talking to my friends up in Rainy, they've had nightmares as far as the water depth goes and all the things going on up there. What about your area? Is it deeper than usual? I know last year it was way shallower than usual in most lakes. Uh, what about this year for you guys in the Brainerd Lakes area? Yeah, and we, we were talking about that yesterday when we were out there wading. You know, last year he was up over the 4th, and we did the same thing just to kind of cool off because it was so hot last year. And the water, you know, I, I'm guessing the lake we are in is maybe up anywhere from 6 inches to a foot from what it was a year ago, hmm. wow. which is probably closer to normal, um, which helps at the boat ramps, you know, and it, it kind of, you know, you think about that, if there's a fish, a fish up in eight feet of water and all of a sudden you take a foot of that away, that changes things quite a bit. Yeah. So uh, I think things are a little more back to normal this year. So what are you normally fishing for this time of year? Do you like to keep going after walleyes? Or are you more of a bass guy or you just fish whatever is biting? Well, yeah, I, you know, I love to catch fish. Fishing is, is fishing to me. You know, I'll be in my fancy bass boat one day, and the next day I'm in a pair of shorts and waders catching bluegills out in the reeds. Um, it, it's To me, it's like a different aspect of the same sport. It's like shooting clay pigeons or shooting wild pheasants. You know, it, it's it's a completely different part of it. But I, normally I'm, I'm really into the bass. Um this is the first year in 43 years that I'm not chasing any bass circuits this summer. I just decided with the high gas prices and and a lot of the projects I have around home and things, I'm just gonna just gonna kick back this year and just do a lot more fun fishing, which we've we've been doing and uh, enjoying the heck out of it. So yeah, I'm basically just going out to catch whatever's biting. So yes, without that tournament pressure, it's just a whole different vibe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. You know, I'm not preparing for you know weeks ahead for a tournament you know and then traveling and, and being gone for four or five days pre-fishing and it's just you know i rods are rigged up in the boat i don't think i have to change anything now i just i just leave the the ultralights with the panfish rigs on them i've got my slip barber rigs i've got you know a couple of jig worm rods for bass and you know everything's i'm not constantly cutting off and retying so it's yeah it's a different it's kind of a different summer for me and i'm, I'm kind of enjoying it but uh also looking looking forward to getting back into a few tournaments maybe this fall some local ones um did fish the saint jude's fundraiser tournament down in wabasha this spring which i wouldn't miss for the world we had uh 62 teams down there raised seven hundred thirty-five thousand dollars for the saint jude's children's hospital nice um and it's you know like they, like they say it's a fundraiser with a tournament attached to it and that's <laughs> how you kind of have to look at it you know it's 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 a very well-run professional um event and it's i wouldn't miss that one for the world but but yeah the rest of them i'm just kind of kind of sitting back and watching everybody and you know i do miss it but i like i said i'm really enjoying just having more time just to fun fish he's tom whitehead and we'll have more with him later on in the show but up next it's our lake of the week we're headed over to the alexandria area to check it out this is mandy here doing my part to keep kev jackson's ratings up on paul bunyan country outdoors 
If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nissle Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It's fishing Paul Bunyan Country's Lake of the Week. It is Lake of the Weekday, and we're headed over to the Alexandria Glenwood area and checking in with Storm Kettlehut. He's a fisheries technician out of the Glenwood office. And we're going to talk Freeborn Lake today. First up, Storm, thanks for joining us once again. Yep, thanks for having me back. Uh, pretty excited to talk about Freeborn Lake and to address a couple of species that we haven't been able to highlight up to this point. So looking forward to it. Well, uh, I got to talk about two of them that, uh, that uh, just blew me away when I was looking at the most recent, or the survey I was able to get to, which is 2020. I assume that's the most recent. Uh, I have never seen a survey where the northern pike were at 19-plus per gillnet and had an average weight of over 2 pounds. That is unheard of. Yeah, so this is actually <laughs> the record high catch for pike out on this lake. And uh, 70% of them are in between 15 and 22 inches, which uh, if you're familiar with your pike regs, is in that north-central zone here where you can actually keep 10. And uh, we highly encourage anglers to try and keep their 10 under that 22-inch range to help try and shift that population back because... Large pike are one of the best predators for small pike and keeping that under control. And uh, you can keep your two fish over that 26-inch range. Uh, that, Like I said, that reg is 22 to 26, have to all be released. But uh, keep in mind, those big pike are really important, like I mentioned, for moderating the smaller ones. So uh, you can harvest the small ones and let those big dogs go. I have seen many, many lakes much larger with, uh, you know, smaller numbers per net that still have an average uh, size much smaller than that so um it's just an interesting stat yeah it's an extremely productive lake i mean you look at it and uh, the water clarity out here is two and a half feet so highly productive a lot of nutrients which typically means that it allows for abundant and fast-growing fish populations so lots of resources available where even if there are a lot of them uh, they might still be able to pack on that food bag a little bit and size up, even if they aren't necessarily in that size uh, or at least inch range you're looking for. The weight might check the box. Well, and, and as a matter of fact, is you know, as I'm looking at the the walleye numbers again, huge amount per net, ten ten and a half, with an average weight almost two pounds. Again, I never see that. Yeah, this is pretty unique, and uh, this is once again this is our second highest catch rate in the last three decades. So, two of our highest catch rates for pike and walleye, and they're both occurring at the same time. Uh, it seems like that's a rarity. Usually, you start seeing a lot of pike like that, and it hurts your walleye numbers. But with it being such a productive lake, and it's actually checked out with our stocking years of putting fry in that those are the year classes that are doing really well and. Uh, those productive systems like that tend to be uh, favorable to fry stocking and 
you get more bang for your buck kind of with the fry you know you're dumping so many in there that if uh, you get a plenty to survive they can escape those pike and you can have them coexisting like this which cool opportunity to go and hook up with some stuff with tea and another exciting part about that is even with them being 10.5 per gillnet 70 percent of those walleyes were between 15 and 20 inches so you're not just going out there and catching a bunch of dinks you're having a pretty good day if you're finding fish it's it's pretty surprising. We've talked about you know a few different lakes already uh, this year, um, storm. And the thing I find interesting about your area, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just something in the water. Maybe it's because it's a little warmer than it is up here in Bemidji area. But it just seems to me, you know, when we have two hundred and some to hundred and some acre lakes, it's not often you spend a lot of time talking about walleye. But we've seen at least a, 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 a good secondary population of walleyes. In, in all the lakes we talked about, and, and none of them have been particularly large lakes. Yeah, and it's a unique opportunity for uh, for anglers around here that we're pretty excited about. I mean, we have our big lakes, you know, your standard, your Miltonas, your Idas, Bahamadus, and uh, Minnewaska, things like that, where if you're someone who's got a smaller boat or maybe just starting to fish and you want to go out and maybe learn the ropes on, on a lake that isn't quite as daunting, you really have the opportunity to do that. You start getting a little west of our area, and you're getting into that prairie pothole region where we are seeing a lot more productivity in these lakes where they can support these awesome fish uh, fisheries. And uh, like I said, it, it gives people a chance to get out there. And whether you're just starting or you're a pro, you have a pretty good shot at finding something, at least keep yourself busy and then uh, build up that skill set to go tackle some bigger water. So uh, what else might we find in that lake? So it's kind of funny. We've been talking about how it just supports all these fish, and they're all big. There are actually a ton of crappies out here. Uh, it does get a fair amount of pressure off for crappies, especially in the wintertime, uh, just because it's fairly close to Farwell and Kensington. But one thing we've seen is that these crappies are actually somewhat slow-growing uh, with about an average of 10.6 inches. Or Sorry, the largest was 10.6 inches and an average a little smaller than that. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a little strange to see that. You'd think with the high productivity levels that these things would be growing like banshees, but this suggests to us that there are just so many crappies in here that they're self-limiting and kind of eating themselves out of house and home. So uh, they themselves are contributing to that slow growth potentially, uh, but that means there's a lot in there. So if you're out there and you can stumble into school, it could be a pretty dang good day, especially if you're not looking for giants and these are uh, a younger fish population right now with a couple good year classes coming through. So they aren't stopped or stunted at this point by any means. They're still growing. So as each year goes on, keep in mind, eventually those year classes dissipate. But uh, they're going to be growing for now, and you might start seeing them creep into that 11-inch range or so. So uh, I was so excited to start talk about those huge numbers. I forgot to, to ask, where is the lake? <laughs> so... If uh, people are interested in getting out here to fish, you might want to either use a GPS or get a pen and paper out because <laughs> a little tricky getting back here. Uh, if you take 27 west out of Alexandria, uh, you follow that for, I guess, about 15, 20 minutes. You then head south on Lilac Lane. Uh, that actually, I believe, dead ends or hits a T where you'll take an east on Solemn Southwest, and then you'll turn south on County Road 96 Southwest where then you'll see the access sign along the road there where the public access is on the east side of the lake. Um, I know that's a lot to follow, but if people are familiar with MN Lake Finder, if you just Google the letter M is in Moon, N is in Nacho Lake Finder, then you can hop on there and 
it'll pop up. You can look at a map of the lake and zoom out and actually follow the roads along on how to get there. Well, it is the 21st century. We have social media. I, I can't imagine a lake this uh, this productive is a secret. Uh, it must get some pressure. Yeah, as I mentioned, in the wintertime, you can definitely get a pretty good crappie town going out there. Uh, one thing that might limit that, though, is in the summertime, the access can be a little tight. So that might limit the boat traffic out there. If you do have to park on the road, just be courteous to people who live around there. But uh, that's another thing. There are houses right along the access there and on that on the west side of the lake. I apologize. I think I said that the access was on the east. It's on the west. Um, but along that stretch there, there are a fair amount of homes. But the rest of the lake is actually fairly undeveloped. So if you get another cool opportunity to hit a lake that uh, you don't feel like you're right in the middle of the town and uh, get away from things a little bit. 247 acres, and uh, it sounds like it's a pretty decent access as far as getting on. So a boat size shouldn't be an issue, I wouldn't think. No, that access is uh, pretty well maintained and taken care of. So uh, it does get a little tight for swinging in corners, so you might want to practice your back in a little bit. But uh, any type of boat you'd imagine you're dumping at a 247-acre lake should be fine getting on there. One of the things I like about the state of Minnesota, I really do appreciate, and I think uh, a lot of anglers do, you know, it would be much easier uh, to just concentrate your dollars and uh, on uh, big accesses on big lakes that are very popular, and uh, you know, and 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 work on those. I really appreciate that the DNR has as many good, solid accesses uh, on on small lakes as they do to make it as easy as possible for people to experience these different types of lakes. Yeah, and that's where I wish I could take, or at least fisheries could take credit for that. But uh, <laughs> I have to give a round of applause to Parks and Trails. They're the ones who maintain that, and they do an excellent job of keeping these things looking nice and uh, helping us be able to get in and out. And like you said, providing this opportunity that another stage just might not be there for these small lakes that are kind of forgotten and go by uh, about the wayside. Well, now that we have uh, told the world about all the walleyes and uh, northerns and mass and uh, you know, uh, crappies on, on this lake and irritated those who thought they had a secret. Um, you know, that's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, not not to cut you off, but there is one more fish that oh. we have to address for this lake. Please do. Uh, that might get a select group of people pretty fired up. Uh, Freeboard actually boasts a fantastic yellow bullhead fishery. Uh, it's dominated by a large bullhead with fish up to 14 inches. And... Uh, for people who might cringe a little bit by looking at them, they are an ugly-looking fish. If you've not tried bullheads, especially the yellow ones, they are fantastic table fare. So I highly recommend giving it a shot. i got to be honest, I didn't even know there were different types of bullheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we typically we have three in our area that are really common. We have the black bullhead, brown bullhead, and yellows. And typically uh, what we've found is that yellow tends to have a little more of a white meat to it and uh, makes a little bit of a better table fare. I could be totally off, but based on my experience and uh, people I've talked to, that's what we've discovered. Well, i got to be honest with you, I never saw, thought I'd see the day where eel pout got popular, but it is, so I'm assuming it's only a matter of time before enough people taste a yellow bullhead, and that'll probably be the next uh, hot fish to go after. <laughs> hey, it might give everything else a little bit of a break, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in all seriousness, if if you're if you want to catch bullhead, what do you do? Uh, so, uh, the best way that we've heard and found seems to be a bobber on a worm or a worm on a bobber. 
Okay. Uh, fishing kind of along those weed lines. Bullheader, a little bit like catfish. It sounds like they want it a little closer to the bottom. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've actually tried targeting these, and I've struggled a little bit, so I might not be the guy to ask. Uh, after after dark is what I've had my success, though, uh, just floating worms right next to the bottom underneath a bobber. And they can be pretty aggressive. You see people catching them off docks and things like that. So if you can find where they're at, they seem more than willing to bite. Uh, if you hop online, there are forums all over talking about different techniques to use on these, and it is fairly popular down south, and they do talk about using stinky baits and things like that. So uh, I guess kind of pick your poison, but definitely uh, I think being near the bottom is going to be your friend there. All right. It's Freeboard Lake, not not necessarily the capital of Bullhead, but uh, maybe one of them. And uh, it is our Lake of the Week. Storm Kettlehut is a fisheries technician out of the Glenwood office. And, uh, again, uh, it's just a lake loaded with lots of fish. Uh, definitely worth trying out, Storm. Thanks for taking the time today. Agreed. Thank you, Kev. Have a good one. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and I'm proud to help Kev Jackson sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. Hi, my name is Sam, and I love fishing. That's why my friend Dick Beardsley and I are at fishing the third annual Lucan Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament. We won the Krauss Anderson Legacy Award last year, and I won a lifetime Minnesota fishing license. This is the coolest tournament because you can fish any lake in Beltrami, Hubbard, or Clearwater County, including the super-secret lake that we fish on. Choose the walleye or bass division. First place is $3,000. For details, listen to this excellent announcer. Oh, man, do I have to say that? Yes, yes you do. Tournament runs 6 a.m. Saturday, July 23rd through noon Sunday the 24th. Details at uwfishingbemidji.com and get registered on the Fish Donkey app. $200 per two-person team, $3,000 first prize is guaranteed, plus win $500 for the Northwoods Bait Big Walleye or $500 for the Cake and Cork Big Bass. And, of course, the Krauss Anderson Legacy Award for the top generational team. The Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by Northwoods Lumber, Coca-Cola, and Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Anything else, Sam? Bring it on. This is Dick Beardsley, and you're listening to Fish in Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Tackle. Rainer Lakes outdoorsman extraordinaire Tom Whitehead is my guest today. And Tom, so I'm I'm never going to ask you for any super small secret lakes that nobody knows about or, or even any secret spots, but in general, the Brainerd Lakes area, what are some of the hotter lakes you've seen or heard about this year? Well, you know, walleyes, you're going to just about wherever you want to go, and how do you want to fish? You know, close to me, I'm I'm right by Gull Lake. Gull Lake has got everything. Um, I stayed away from it this weekend, basically because of the boat traffic. Um, we've got North Long Lake, which is more of a weed walleye lake. We've got Round Lake, which is more of a structure lake. Um, Gull has a little bit of of everything. Pelican, I think, has been pretty good. Of course, Malax. You know, a lot of a lot of positive stuff coming from Malax yet. Um, that doesn't seem to have slowed down at all. And it's one of those things where it, it depends on how do you want to fish. You know, if you're looking to go out and slip bobber fish, try to find a lake that has flats. You know, you want weed flats, not not just a break. You want something that, that the fish can get up and roam around on. Um, that's why I say 
you know, certain lakes are better for that type of fishing. If you're mm-hmm. just going to drag a Lindy rig or a vertical jig, get get on a lake that's got more vertical breaks, um, you know, on points, inside corners, things like that. Um, you know, so it, it, I guess it just varies. Everything around here seems to be going pretty consistently from what I've been hearing. I haven't been chasing panfish a lot. I'm going to start doing that probably this weekend. But everything I've heard, the panfish are on the weed edges. Um, they seem to be biting pretty well if you can find them. But it's, uh, you know, like I said, the water temp is great. There, I don't see any large uh, or big algae bloom this year. Like we, we have a lot of times this time of year, the water is very, very clear yet. Um, it's not cold, but it's still cool. <laughs> and, you know, when you, when you find the weeds, I mean, we found cabbage weeds clear up poking out of the surface the other day in 14 feet of water. So, you know, you just got to hunt around a little bit, find the right structure and find find the habitat and the fish seem to be there. And we fish some areas where there no, were no weeds. You know, I run a 360 hummingbird on the front of my boat so I can see everything down there. Where there were no weeds, there were no fish. And we didn't even catch any rock bass. We had to find the weeds to find the fish. And once you got there, they were concentrated pretty well. Wow. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, early uh, when you were out. Uh, we didn't have a chance to talk during turkey hunting season, and I, I know that was a big deal for you this year. So tell us a little bit about that. I, you were posting quite a bit about it on uh, social this year. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a it was a funny season. You know, we had a lot of snow this spring, so I didn't get out real early. But uh, I hunt with traditional archery. I hunt with a recurve, and uh, it, it's I love the challenge of it. Um, I also guide um, for the disabled veterans hunt down at Camp Ripley, and got Hank uh, another bird this year, or helped yep. I should say assisted. He got a nice bird. Um, I came back from that, went out. I had a bird come in. And if there ever is such a thing, he was too close. He was probably four feet from my blind. And I shot a little high and got one primary feather for a trophy. <laughs> but, uh, but towards the end of the season, my wife actually got her first bird ever, and she's, she's hooked for life. Um, so that made the whole season. Yeah. How, was this her first time turkey hunting? Or? Yeah. I mean, she'd been with me once before, but this is her first time actually – you know, with a, with a firearm in her hand, and you know, she had a twenty gauge, and um, she missed the first shot, and the bird actually ran away and stopped, and and she got him on the second one. So it worked out perfectly, you know. And actually, my son-in-law and I went out the last time we hunted um, was when we had all the tornadoes coming through, and we were in a tornado warning, and our, our wives were calling, going, "Get your butts home because there's tornadoes about ten miles away from you." And, <laughs> and of course, we were like, "Well, no, the turkeys are moving. We're going to sit here for a little while." And, <laughs> until we could see the clouds coming over the horizon, it's like I think we better go. So uh, we drove through some pretty nasty stuff on the way home, but you know that that's what makes memories. You know, the bright, sunny, calm days don't make much for memories, but the, I guess the stupid things that we still do, you know, we'll talk about for years. <laughs> yeah, we talk about stupid stuff. That's what we do. <laughs> it's a guy thing. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about uh, you know turkey hunting is first of all how popular it's become, and of course. Uh, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, never heard about it up here in the Bemidji area. Now it's just huge. But it does uh, pose a little bit of a challenge to those who like to go out and, you know, do a little bit of early season pan fishing because they kind of overlap. This year it didn't really matter because, you know, there was still ice on the lakes. But some years you got to make a choice. You didn't have to do that in the past. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and, and it's... It's kind of funny because I've killed a lot of turkeys on walleye opener. You know, I yeah. try to stay off the lakes that weekend, and I go sit in a turkey blind, and, and I've got a lot of birds on walleye opener. 
but it's always bugging me, you know, are the guys catching them out there, you know, what's going on and, you know, so it, yeah, it's, it's the only time of year where, where it's, you, you got to flip a coin and, you know, maybe a turkey hunt for the first three or four hours of the morning, then go fishing the rest of the day. Um, you know, we used to hunt in southeastern Minnesota years ago, and that was the only place you could hunt, and you could only turkey hunt till noon. So we'd go turkey hunting in the morning, we'd come back to the hotel, we'd eat something, we'd go out trout fishing and mushroom hunting. <laughs> and then they went to, then they went, they, I think they went to 5 p.m., and then they went to sunset. And when we, we always used to complain, well, now they ruined our trout fishing, because now we have to turkey hunt all day, you know, so... <laughs> An embarrassment of riches, basically, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, if we were going to go out fishing this weekend uh, or this week sometime um, and we're just looking for good action and fun, what do we need to bring with us? What should we be fishing for? Well, you know, right now, if you've got leeches and crawlers and you've got a slip bobber rig and you've got a few a few other jigs, and like I said, you get anywhere around the weed line where there's some good, clean cabbage, you're going to catch bluegills, the crappies are probably going to be there. You're going to catch bass. You're going to catch walleyes. Um, like I said, we caught a couple of nice pike. We actually kept those and ate those this weekend. And it's just everything's kind of relating to the weeds right now. And these new north, like I said, new Northland weedless jigs are just fantastic. Um, I'm going to end up getting a bunch more colors. I've only, I only ordered two colors to start with with the the roundheads. And uh, they they actually have kits available now on their website, so you can order an assortment. And they also are running a 20% off 4th of July special. I think it goes all the way through July 10th now. Okay. Um, with free shipping on, I think, a $75 order. So it'd be, it's a good time if you want to try some of these new baits. Um, and they're hard baits that they have now, the Rumble Series, crank baits and, and trolling stick baits. Uh, same thing. Everything's 20% off on their website. And uh, like I said, it takes a lot to impress me. I've been in this outdoor industry for over 40 years and, to see these jigs come out with that kind of a weed guard. I've seen jigs with, with wire weed guards before and plastic weed guards and they bend and they crack and they don't, but a titanium weed guard is these things. I never had to bend them back into shape. I never had to touch them all day. And, uh, you know, of course they always make it, the fireballs kind of a staple, um, uh, been around for a long time. And then like I said, the addition of the weed guard is just makes this jig phenomenal. All right. Very cool. Well, listen, are you familiar with the, the fast five? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Something we started doing this uh, this summer, the uh, the anglers love hearing other people's Fast Five. They don't necessarily love doing it themselves, but they all do it. It's I just okay. ask you guys five quick questions, fishing and non-fishing, just to get a little better vibe of who Tom Whitehead is. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Uh, some of these will be easy. Some of these will be easy for okay. you. All right. Fast Five, 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 Five. Question number one. What is your favorite fish to catch? Smallmouth bass. Question number two. What is your favorite fish to eat? Crappies. Now this one you have to go deep in your memory bags. What was the first fish you ever caught and how old were you? Oh boy, I, I hate this. I grew up in southern Minnesota, so it's probably a bullhead. But I just dug up a picture the other day I've been looking for for years. I was four years old and had about a 10 pound pike. And that one always was burned in my memory. I'll never forget that one, even at four years old. That's a big pike for a four year old. Yeah, as tall as I was in the picture. Wow. All right, question number four. This is, we're, we're, ve- we're veering off the uh, fishing trail now. 
What is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Clint Eastwood, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That is a good one, no doubt. It's actually it's actually my ringtone on my phone. <laughs> That's a cool ringtone. That is a very cool ringtone. All right, final question. Question number five. What was your favorite subject in school? <laughs> oh, boy. I was the kid that sat there and stared out the window wishing I was hunting and fishing. <laughs> the sports coat? <laughs> If it, if it has to, it has to. I, I love baseball, but I, I would have to say I was, I was really, math was always kind of easy for me. I, I really liked math. I liked figuring out problems and, uh, you know, algebra not so much. I'd get the correct answer, have the wrong formula, and I'd get it wrong, and I'd get so mad at the teacher. I'd like, <laughs> like, you know. So, you know, I, I'd have to say math. All right, yeah. very good. See, it wasn't that painful. No, no, no. I'll have five more for you next time. Okay, that sounds good. I'll do a little little more studying for the next (laughs) Okay. He's Tom Whitehead, outstanding angler in the uh, Brainerd Lakes area. Tom, thanks for taking the time today. You're very welcome. Thanks, Cap, for having me again. Anytime. Hey, before we wrap it up, I want to remind you the Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament is coming up. June 23rd and 24th. You can start fishing 6 a.m. Saturday the 23rd, and you can fish until noon on Sunday the 24th on any lake in Beltrami, Hubbard, or Clearwater counties. Now, you do it all on the Fish Donkey app. It'll keep tabs on what lake you're on. Make sure you're behaving yourself, and make sure you're catching your fish in the right time frame. Uh, All you have to do is go to your phone's app store and download the Fish Donkey app for free. And that's where you also register for the tournament and where you pay. It's all simple and complete. You don't have to go to any meetings. You don't have to drive anywhere. You just fish on the lake you want to fish and follow the instructions on the app, and you are good to go. It's $200 per team. You can register for the walleye tournament, the bass tournament, or both tournaments. And, yes, you can win them both if you're that good. $3,000 guaranteed for first place. $1,500 guaranteed for second place, $1,000 guaranteed for third place prizes through the top 10, and that is in both divisions. Plus, there's the Keg and Cork $500 Big Bass and the Northwoods Bait and Tackle $500 Big Walleye. More details available on the United Way of Bemidji Area's website, or again, just get the Fish Donkey app if you don't have it already and check it out there. We'll be talking about that tournament more next week. In the meantime, have a great day. We'll do it all again tomorrow. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria.